Welcome to the St. Vrain Valley School's ELA Cast Episode 3. I'm Zach Chase, and for this episode, I sat down with Assistant Superintendent Diane Lauer to talk about a project that is near and dear to her heart, reciprocal teaching. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi. Hello. Who are you and what do you do? Oh, my goodness. Diane Lauer, Assistant Superintendent of Priority Programs and Academic Sport. I do so much stuff, and I'm excited about it. Mostly focused on a lot of our at-risk student populations. That's so it. a piece around supporting at-risk students um, that I've done a little bit of reading around um, and that I would imagine you know a lot about is around the idea of reciprocal teaching. Yes. All right. You just use my favorite words. Uh, that's my job. That's <laughs> literally my job is using people's favorite words. Uh, what is uh, reciprocal teaching in a nutshell? Oh, reci- reciprocal teaching is really, it is a scaffolded structure that's research-based that helps students access text independently and basically that's it and and there's um, it's a cooperative structure that students learn roles and the more you use it the more skillful they become on on being able to do those same strategies independently so what does that what might it look like if I'm watching it in a classroom gosh you know if you were in a secondary classroom when I was teaching social studies, it's a perfect place to take a look at primary documents um, because they're so, you know, challenging sometimes that text. And so the students take on different roles, whether they're clarifying or they're asking questions. Um, and, and so each one has a role and they take a turn and they read a chunk of text and they take an opportunity to to ask those questions or um, you know work in their roles whatever they're doing and then basically it's it's kind of a a way of doing a a close reading with close friends and so um, that's what it looked like with older students it's the same thing when you're using it with second graders it's just about taking a piece of of text giving kids four different roles and teaching them those roles so they can dig deeper in that text. So it sounds like it's the missing link between kind of think aloud and then independent work, right? So as I'm a teacher in front doing a think aloud, like, oh, I read this and I wonder about this word or I get this, right? We do that oftentimes to kind of make it more transparent. But now what we're saying is we want you to take what a good reader does and each of you is responsible for a component of it as you're reading through, is that? Yeah, you know, I, I think, um, you know, so many of us were trained in, in thinking strategies and those strategies. And, and, and when we're taking a look at those opportunities for students to um, unpack text, to ask those questions and to see what they understand and what they don't understand, they do that when they're working independently, um, you know, there's a, there's a flow to it. And when they're working with um, their peers, by providing them those structures, they're actually, they're actually deepening those skills and so there's some automaticity to it. It's really taking it from, I think, it, it's that middle structure. You know, we talk about the gradual release of responsibility and so much of it is the I do, you watch, and then it is the you do, I help. 
but this is that middle piece. And so whether or not you're going back and forth from whole group um, you know, to independent instruction, I think that so many of the things we're looking for are those structures that, f that provide that opportunity for guided practice, that, that students working together. And yeah, they can do with a turn and talk. You've got a whole group setting and maybe you're asking some questions or you did some reading aloud and you know, turn and talk to your neighbor, absolutely. But now take it to a group, finish the text on your own and then now get into these uh, more structured arrangements. Or now that we've set the stage with an anchor text or an anchor conversation, now take another piece of text and, and use that process with your, your friends. And, and the piece that it sounds like would be really helpful for a student is when I'm reading it on my own, I know I'm gonna come to this group and have this conversation and, and do these mm -hmm. things. But I'm not, oh man, I have to understand this and I have to ask questions and I have to point out key vocabulary, but that the role piece might give me a chance to kind of focus and be like, oh, that seems like a more manageable chunk, especially if we're talking about more complex texts um, as, you, as you're going through, right? So if I'm, li I'm reading like the, the Sound and the Fury in, mm -hmm. a, in a high school English classroom, mm -hmm. that's a complicated text. Yeah, totally. But if my job is to read it with what are the questions that come up? Right. Uh, and your job is to read it with, okay, well, what's the interesting use of language here? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so I'm going to bring that and you bring these things and then we can have a, a fuller conversation there. Is that absolutely kind of absolutely about? i mean between you know close reading mm -hmm. right which is typically independent i mean right. you can do it as a whole group and then we've got socratic seminar mm -hmm. right we have so many teachers that are using socratic seminar i see reciprocal teaching as kind of that in between mm -hmm. so we want students and we're going to help them work independently and to get into those rich conversations in a socratic approach how do we how do we give kids that confidence how do we give them um, those abilities to practice using those um, those techniques in a smaller group it just raises their um, efficacy in being able to um, feel safe well, and having say, a conversation yeah, absolutely if I'm the kid who's on who's watching the the conversation in the Socratic seminar I could just be full of dread of like oh man when it's my turn I'm not gonna know but this this reciprocal teaching practice could be a piece to say oh I, I'm ready for that I'm Absolutely. ready to get that done Absolutely. Um, and then would you say that as a teacher I mean from your own experience mm -hmm. as a teacher am I being thoughtful about who gets what role uh, sometimes and letting the kids pick on their own that other is such times? a great question you know um, I, I think that from the training that I had um, originally every kid gets an opportunity to use different roles. Okay. And so you may start strategically out in a place where um, of comfort, um, but you, you give kids time to practice using all different roles, so they have that experience. Because every kid, every kid needs all of those tools as a reader, right? Exactly. Because I'm thinking of kind of taking each orange slice mm -hmm. as a different mm -hmm. role, and but it's the whole orange. This is a horrible metaphor. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a four slice orange. It's a four I've slice seen them. Orange. Yeah, uh, it's very small. Genetic Delicious. engineering is involved um, because I think that that could be a, a point that gets lost, and sometimes in, in lit circles, right? This is yes. the, this is like a cousin of lit circles because. Yeah. Yes. Kids will be like, oh, I want to do that role. And then they never get the full, like, timekeeper is not in yes. and of itself a skill necessarily no. as, a, as a reader. Mm -hmm. So what we're talking about is, is specific reading skills. Yes. Um, that yeah. Right? So, like, all readers do these things. Absolutely. Um, 
and actually timekeeper is one that I yeah. would like to throw out like just keep reading and enjoy I know. Um, but this sounds like what we're talking about is pulling apart what mm -hmm. you and I do as mature readers and mm -hmm. kind of shining a spotlight on those skills is there a chance for formative assessment while this is going on in my classroom right if I've got like six or seven different groups going through these conversations what might I look for as a teacher a lot of times um, teachers use a note catcher okay so or they give students like a four quadrant note catcher so they they have a, a, a graphic organizer to hold their thinking mm -hmm. for what they were talking about that can be turned in as an exit ticket you can have kids share out loud kind of what were some of the questions they were asking or what were some of the the phrases or the words they were clarifying so once you go through that that small group um, you can have them share out to the whole group. It's a really great way for a teacher to do some assessing and, you know, how they're doing. But conferring with groups, too. I mean, that's the beauty of this is, you know, as a teacher, when you have all your kids working in a group, while you're going around and conferring, you may linger longer with one group mm -hmm. and then move on to another. You may be a participant in a group of, of four you know, and so it really provides you an opportunity to differentiate. You could use different text with different kids, you know, uh, with different groups. Well, I'm thinking that mm -hmm. you could combine this with kind of a jigsaw, yep. right? And so mm -hmm. maybe if I'm doing a genre study, different groups have the same, different texts of the same genre, and then Absolutely. come together, and what did we notice? And like, right. what, so then what would we say are common elements versus kind of what oftentimes we see like the pre-teaching of science fiction has these components instead of let's explore some pieces of science yes. fiction and then see what those what those commonalities are yep so there's it, it doesn't it sounds like it's a component of a lot of other strategies as well not necessarily something you're like we're going to do reciprocal you can teaching use this with non-fiction text you could use it with any type of genre and the most exciting things you know as as a former english teacher myself like you know people are always coming to you saying like you know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to teach reading or, you know, help me. And, mm -hmm. you know, I taught middle school. And so the beautiful thing about this is that you, this is a great strategy so that your peers and other disciplines could be using this too. So you could teach this in your class, right. get the kids understanding the different roles and how to use this and say, Hey, you could do this when they're reading that really dense text in science right. or social studies or art or whatever you're doing. And then you just made all your friends' lives happy because you taught your kids a structure right. that, that they can use and just transfer into their own classroom. Well, I'm, I'm thinking really specifically about our schools where our students might need some help on, inf on informational texts. Totally. Right? And, and so like, that's what you're going to find in a science classroom, a math classroom, and uh, a history yes. classroom, right? So if, if I'm thinking, okay, I can teach mm -hmm. this, this reading structure in, in my English class, yep. and then let the other teachers, if I'm in a real school, maybe on my team know, mm -hmm. or uh, talk interdepartmentally if I'm, if I'm thinking yeah. about a high school, then that's a piece. And even uh, if you right. kind of pull the content down in that note catcher, mm -hmm. right, then there's, a, there's even a common, like, oh, okay, then turn it in. And then as a middle school teacher, let's all bring those note catchers and see how kids talk and catch notes. So there's a chance there for examining student work and informing practice. Like, wow, in science, they really got mm -hmm. this role, mm -hmm. this, this really, that they're not seeing how text structure Right. Is, is a component of understanding science or scientific thinking. Absolutely. So that would be another way to, to think about yeah. it across a kind of transdisciplinary yeah. approach. And, and we talk about disciplinary, you know, language, mm -hmm. vocabulary. 
you know, that's one of the biggest pieces that that kids have a hard time accessing, you know, content specific text right. because they don't have the vocabulary. And that's typically one of the roles in reciprocal teaching is clarifying the the words. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is a really great strategy for that. And it's a way that the teacher who's using it can really see like, well, my kids use these disciplinary language, you know, effect- effectively. Right. Or not. Right? Or not. And I'm thinking if mm-hmm. we're talking about middle school, mm-hmm. bringing those, if we're all using the strategy, bringing that in and being like, wow, I, right. they really struggled with mathematical vocabulary here. Mm-hmm. And then as an ELA teacher, I get to say, oh, I can, do you want to know what we're doing around taking vocabulary apart? Right. Because it doesn't right. necessarily pop into a kid's brain that like the strategy I use for words in English class is the same strategy I could use no, in science class. No, not necessarily class. so. But this right. could this could be a piece that highlights it across mm-hmm. a, a team as well. What mm-hmm. are some pieces where this can go wrong? Like mm. what are what like what's the kind of unintended consequence of of reciprocal teaching? Well, I think that where I've seen it go wrong is, you know, not paying enough mind to the gradual release, you know, so you still have to model it. Mm-hmm. You got to teach kids how to do it. You can't just say, you know, here's the rules, get into it. So you got to practice it. Mm-hmm. And um, I've seen really great examples where um, you kind of do a fishbowl, mm-hmm. right? That's probably the best way to get started. And, you know, be one of the students yourself. And so jump into a four square, have the kids fishbowl around you, use a piece of text, and then, you know, go and go through the process around a couple of chunks and then have the kids practice as a facilitator it's really important for you to be walking around and giving them feedback as they're working through it and then um, I think making certain that they see you there have that physical proximity so they can ask questions and you're really listening in and giving them feedback on how that structure is working Um, and then giving them some process time to actually unpack, okay, so yes, we got to dig into this text, but now let's debrief the process. What worked for us? What didn't work for us? You know, what did you like about your role? What didn't you like about your role? So, so you've got to, you've got to put in that, um, teaching time Mm -hmm. to teach the structure before the students can, you know, you know, quick 30 seconds, get in your group and go. Right. Um, just like anything else. Because often, because otherwise you'll get, well, well, we did reciprocal teaching and it just, yes. and then I'm not going to do it again. Yep. Uh, so it's that same kind of. You one, still got to teach it. You're not just going to mm-hmm. hand a kid a geometry book and be like, well, I gave them the geometry nope. book and they didn't learn it. No. Nope. Um, yeah. It's the same thing. You know, we love to do group work. You know, kids, kids want to be social. They want to get into it. And, you know, having this structure sometimes we avoid you know group work because it gets noisy or or kids maybe some do well with group work and maybe some don't and that's why having a purpose and having a structure can really help um, hold kids accountable um, for for the time that they're spent together and the more you the more you give them uh, structure like this it, it becomes a habit so that even if you don't necessarily have an explicit structure and you want them to get into a group the more you do reciprocal teaching they're going to transfer those things to even those times when you give them less rigid structures one of the things i'm thinking is and I think about uh, people who name the thing like we're going to do a Socratic seminar versus hey we're going to examine this text. Right. right. So I think in my classroom I would probably not call it reciprocal teaching. I right. would say hey we're going to get into some groups and talk about texts. You're going to do this. You're going to do because then other way it becomes like 
oh, I did reciprocal teaching, not I did reading. Yeah. Because so kids can get a, like, right. a sense of, like, oh, no, I'm not a great reader. Like, right. No, that, yesterday. Oh, that was, that, was mm-hmm. that activity we mm-hmm. did. Um, so really naming it what the goal is rather than the activity. Absolutely. As, as and, like, not RT. Like, that's another thing. So people say, time for RT. You know, like, right. what is that? It's like a thing you do separate yes. from reading versus mm-hmm. a way that we do the reading. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Awesome. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Zach. Very special thank you to Assistant Superintendent Diane Lauer for sitting down. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to learn more about ELA in St. Fran Valley Schools, you can find us on Twitter at, at SVVSDLA or on our blog at blogs.svvsd.org slash language arts. Thanks so much.